Hi, thanks so much for joining me, Gary Zacharias with the Apologist Bookshelf. I'm back for a second look at Natasha Crane's book called Keeping Your Kids on God's Side. I love the blurb on the back, Nancy Piercy, really terrific author. She said, I almost wish my children were young again so I could use Natasha Crane's book with them. Um, and the, it says basically on the back there that what we're trying to do, what she's trying to do with this book is to empower kids the parents empower the kids to respond well to the hard questions that threaten their faith. And we know that that's going on out in the world, isn't it? This is not a, a soft, comfortable time for Christians and parents or the kids. So uh, parents need to really get the kids ready. You can't isolate the kids from the world, but you can inoculate them, as they say. And so this is a book that's good for inoculation. J. Warner Wallace, I love his work. He says this is an important eye-opening book for Christian parents, and he knows good books. He's written some himself. So I'm going to take a, a couple of chapters in the middle of the book here. She says, uh, she started off, she said, she talked first about does objective truth exist? Uh, do all religions point to the same truth? And it's reasonable for Christians to claim they know what's true. And she said, so if you line up those pieces, it doesn't follow that Christianity is true, but at least that's possibly true. And she said, but, of course, there are objections to Christianity. And uh, so I said, we're going to address some challenges. And so these are the three chapters that go together as far as challenges. And I don't know if I'm going to get to all three with this podcast, but maybe we can do two of them. So here's the first challenge that she's going to cover. If Christianity is true, why are there so many denominations? Second one, is Christianity responsible for millions of deaths in history? I hear that a lot. And three, are Christians less intelligent than atheists? There have been some studies done, so you may find that interesting. So let's do the first one here. If Christianity is true, why are there so many denominations? And uh, by some estimates, she said there's something like 40,000 Christian denominations in the world. And she said, of course, atheists look at that and they go, well, how can it be truth, true when there's so much disagreement over this truth? She said, if our kids come to believe that all churches labeled Christian are the same, they may not be able to discern false teachings. Now, just because it's got Christian in its title, or a cross up on the steeple, or something that looks Christian, or they use the Bible, it doesn't mean there's effectively good teaching there. So she said, kids may be led astray. She said, on the other hand, if they think that just the fact that there are so many denominations prove Christianity is unreasonable, then they might walk away from the faith. So she says, let's look how we could navigate between these two extremes, either accepting everything as Christian or accepting none of it because there are so many different denominations. So she said, you know, before we can begin to look at what Christians disagree about and why, she said, we need a basic question answered. And you can guess what the question is, what is a Christian? There's a lot of misunderstanding. So she said, if we define Christians as just any group that follows Jesus' teachings, well, of course, they'll seem like Christians disagree a lot. After all, there's no beliefs necessary to agree on, right? She says, to define groups of people in a meaningful, meaningful way, though, we have to identify the standards of membership. And she said, where do we get those standards? The Bible. So then she covers five basically... Uh, I guess, biblically uh, essential Christian doctrines. So she thinks this is what Christians should cling to. And she says, here we, here we go. The Bible makes it clear the first Christians held at least five essential beliefs or doctrines. Number one, 
See if you can figure them out as I'm going through these. Do you want to take a second and think about what would be some essential beliefs? What is Christianity? What do Christians believe? Number one, one God. And she has different verses for that, but I don't think I'll spend the time on that because we're, we're all on board. Number two, what do you think we think of when we say Jesus? Deity. And so she has verses like John eight fifty eight. Uh, where Jesus is reference, referencing Exodus 3, John 10.30, John 20.28, 20, Philippians 2.5-8, Colossians 2.9. Wow. But the deity of Jesus. Jesus is not just a nice guy. He's not just a wonderful teacher. He's God himself. So there are two. There's one God. Jesus is God. Here's a third one. The resurrection. And she quotes 1 Corinthians 15, If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. It's useless. Why are we doing this? Eat, drink, and be merry. We're wasting our time if there's no resurrection. So one God, Jesus is God, the resurrection. What about salvation? You probably know where this is going. Salvation by grace. And one of my favorite verses that she quotes here is Ephesians 2, 8-9. through by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. That's one of the clearest verses, I think. Okay, so there are four things. The, the one God, the deity of Jesus, the resurrection, salvation by grace. And number five, she says the gospel. And uh, those are the, the key essential doctrines. So several groups, if you think about it, they call themselves Christians, but they don't adhere to those basic beliefs. For example, let's take um, Jehovah's Witnesses. Where do they struggle? Well, the second one, the deity of Jesus. What, what else do they struggle with as far as from this perspective, a Christian perspective? They don't think he was physically resurrected. They don't believe in salvation by grace. So they've struck out on three of the five. What about Mormons? Well, they don't think there's just one God, so there goes that. They don't think salvation comes by grace. You better do things. And Jesus is an uncreated deity? No, not according to them. So when you get those essential doctrines and you line them up, it becomes clear that major disagreements within Christianity are not within Christianity. It's disagreements between Christianity and other religions. So I think that's crucial. So there's the first point. Well, is it Christianity that disagrees? No, it's Christianity and other religions, some of them that mask themselves and parade around as if they are Christian, but they're not. All right, then she goes to a second point here. Christian denominations. She says unity but not uniformity. So now she gets on to denominations. She said, what are we talking about with denominations? It's groups that agree on the essential doctrines, but they have unique denominations within Christianity because they disagree on non-essentials. Now, that's crucial. They disagree on non-essentials. They don't disagree about those five things. You know, They do believe there's one God. They do believe in the deity of Jesus, the resurrection, salvation by grace, and the gospel, but non-essentials. So Christian denominations will differ on things like baptism, uh, the way to take communion, how you govern a church, Worship styles. Now, she said, yeah, those disagreements have gotten big enough in the past that people have broken off and started new denominations, but they're not like thousands of individual sects. These denominations do unite behind a single doctrine. They agree there's one God. Jesus is fully human, fully God. He died for our sins, physically resurrected. We've been saved by grace. 
So they denominations agree on a lot more than they disagree on. There is unity among Christians, but not uniformity. And she said two final points should be made. First, the vast majority of Christians belong to just a handful of denominations. Yeah, there are 40,000, she says, but that's every minor church separation ever documented. They're not really denominations. They're not 40,000 substantially different versions of Christianity. And second, she says disagreement's not specific to Christianity. She said, you know, you take any field of study and people will look at the same sets of facts and end up disagreeing. All major branches of science have tons of disagreement. And uh, says, so it doesn't falsify the entire science, just like if there's a disagreement in religion, that doesn't falsify the entire enterprise. So even if there really were 40,000 different denominations, it wouldn't negate the possibility that somewhere among all of those, the truth could be found. So she said, we probably need to talk to kids better when it comes to theology. Sometimes we oversimplify Christianity, just Jesus died for our sins. She said, that's good. But kids need a more complete understanding of the essential doctrines. And so let's go back to those one more time. We believe in one God, the deity of Jesus, the resurrection, salvation by grace, and the gospel message. All right, let's do, the, I think we've got enough time. Let's do one more. Uh, we'll make this one go fairly quickly. So here's another challenge she says is out there. Christianity is responsible for millions of deaths in history. Uh, Sam Harris, for example, claims religion is the most prolific source of violence in our history. Now, I think this is so important. She said, and she puts it in italics, we should only fault Christianity, Christianity for all these deaths if support for the actions that lead to those deaths is found in Scripture. In other words, if Scripture says, go kill all these people, and then people go out and, and kill others, then you blame Christianity. But she says, if you don't see it in Scripture, we should conclude it was actually, what? It was sinful human behavior that was to blame. So then she moves through areas of history. She's going to look at the Crusades, the Inquisition, and witch hunts. So the Crusades, and I've covered this before, so I'm going to go pretty quickly over it. When Muhammad came along in 570 A.D., Christianity was all over the Middle East, all along North Africa, throughout much of Europe. But Islam spread all over the place, and it displaced Christianity from a lot of those regions. And there's a lot of fighting. Uh, in 1095, the Byzantine Empire, that was the eastern half of Christendom, was losing all sorts of territory to Seljuk Turks that were coming in, and they'd converted. And when they invaded the Middle East and took over Jerusalem, they were on their way to Constantinople and the Byzantine Empire. Uh, the emperor said, help uh, to the pope and said, save the Holy Land, make it safe for Christians. And I've done a, a lot of work on this because I think it's so important. What the Crusades were was a defensive war to try to preserve the rights of pilgrims to go into the Holy Land and things like that. And so there were uh, uh, something like nine military campaigns Eventually, the Crusaders were booted out. We don't know the death toll, but there were you know, a lot of people that died. She said, yeah, a lot of terrible things did happen. And here's the deal. You can't find support for those actions in the Bible. There are no instructions about fighting other religious groups for land, nothing about massacring innocents, nothing about forcing conversions to Christianity, nothing about raping or plunder, any of that. 
and said, unfortunately, that many of the crusaders were Christian in name only, and they clearly were inconsistent with their faith. So the sword and the cross, um, you know, there were, there were terrible things that did happen. But uh, anyway, this is, this is not Christianity's fault. It was people in the name of Christianity who did this. What about the Inquisition? Well, there was judicial institutions basically within the Roman Catholic Church that was trying to fight heresy. And uh, there are three major inquisitions. One was in the 1100s, one was in the 1400s, and in the 1500s. So that was the most famous one, 1478, the Spanish Inquisition. Now, something like 6,000 people were killed. Now, you know what's odd about that? If you go on, on the Internet and you ask about the Inquisition, you'll find re exaggerated claims of millions of people dying. No, uh, something like 6,000 people. Well, is Christianity to blame? Well, let's see if the Bible supports it. The, there are verses in the Bible that say God's people should inquire about heretics and kill them. And like what? Yeah, skeptics will take you to Deuteronomy 17. If there is found among you, etc., etc., somebody who does evil in the sight of God, transgresses his covenants, etc., etc., you shall inquire diligently. And if it's true that such an abomination is done, then you shall stone that man or woman to death. So that sounds pretty severe. But here it is. Context is everything. Isn't that true for all Bible passages? Where did these laws come from? Who are they for? Deuteronomy. That's not for us. That was for the nation of Israel. It was a theocracy. That's the only time when a country legally and politically came under the direct authority of God. They were not, emphasized, they were not instructions for individual Christians or Christian communities outside of that context. If you're not a Jew living at that time in the nation of Israel, these, this law doesn't apply to you. Then there are witch hunts. Okay, she says in the 16th and 17th century, there was a frenzy of witch hunts, and something like 60,000 people were put to death. Put to death. Well, is Christianity to blame? Well, Exodus 22 says, don't permit a sorceress to live. But what are we talking about again? These are part of the laws God gave to the nation of Israel when it was a theocracy directly under his control. They're not for us. They're not for anybody outside of that time period in that area. Well, what about all of the killings that have come from wars and from Christianity? That's what atheists uh, will say. But you know where the most of the killings have come from? Atheist regimes. Mao in China, estimated 40 to 70 million people died under his rule. Stalin, something 20 to 60 million deaths, thanks to him. Adolf Hitler, genocide of 6 million Jews. Pol Pot in Cambodia, a million and a half people dead. Ah, so millions of deaths have come from other worldviews. Now, that doesn't mean Christians never did any historical evils. Yes, they did. That's just tragic. But... Our primary concern is to demonstrate that the Bible does not permit these evils. So that's the key thing there. Christianity has had people who have committed evils, but many of the times they were not acting based on the teachings of the Bible. So I think that's really crucial. So a lot of good stuff here. I love this. I think I'll skip the last one there. Are Christians less intelligent than atheists? Maybe we can get to that another time. Thank you for being part of this podcast. Have a good day.